Sports Day, live from the Toolkit Depot Studios at Optus Stadium. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Yeah, it's great to have your company. Uh, the Toolkit Depot Studio, of course, happens at Optus Stadium. I've taken Sports Day on the road today. I'm actually broadcasting from Macedonia Park, ahead of the Glory's big match against the Brisbane Raw. Kick-off at 7.30 tonight. And it's been a big day for the round ball game because today Football Australia imposed a record financial and sporting sanctions on Melbourne victory. Uh, I'll give you some details on that in just a moment. And also I'll be joined uh, here at the microphone and in my little studio here at Macedonia Park with Anthony Radich, the CEO of the Perth Glory, and we'll talk about those sanctions. A bit later on, I'll also have a chat with Ruben Zadkovic, uh, the coach of uh, the Perth Glory, ahead of what is uh, a big game for them. Currently, they sit at the bottom of the A-League ladder, but they are on the same amount of points as Melbourne Victory. That's 10 points. And this is the second of a run of three games in a week. And we'll find out from Ruben Zatkovich a bit later on exactly on how the Perth Glory will field uh, their starting 11 tonight. The Perth Wildcats are in action tonight as well. They take on the New Zealand Breakers. We spoke to John Riley, the coach of the Wildcats, uh, last night on Sports Day. They tip off against the Breakers at 6.30 tonight. Of course, the previous time, uh, just over a week or so ago, they played uh, the Breakers down there in New Zealand and were beaten by 97 to 94 in what was a competitive fixture. And for many, they thought they were unlucky to maybe go down, see if they can turn the tables tonight at uh, RAC Arena. Just going back to the sanctions imposed by Football Australia today, it found that Melbourne Victory Football Club had brought the game into disrepute following the unacceptable actions of the club's active supporters during the 2022-23 A-League Men's Round 8 match between Melbourne City and Victory on the 17th of December at Amy Park in Melbourne. Now, after considering the club's response to the issued show cause notice and the measures since taken by the club, Football Australia has imposed significant financial and sporting sanctions. And I'm looking at the media release sent out here by Football Australia. The financial sanctions total $550,000, comprising $450,000 in fines and damages, and $100,000 in lost revenue due to the sporting sanctions imposed. Now, the other one that is pivotal to this, and I think they've erred here. I really believe they've erred here. The sporting sanctions include a suspended 10-point deduction, which may be triggered for each instance of serious supporter misconduct during this season and the next three seasons ending at the conclusion of the 2025-26 A-League men's season. Now, I certainly have an interest in the round ball game and this is not the first time and Australia is not in any way foreign to crowd disturbances when it comes to football matches. It happens in soccer or football as we know it. It happens right across the board in sporting contests. But in the biggest game on the planet, if a club in a particular league is charged with a sanction... For crowd disturbance, that club is penalised points. And on this occasion, 
it didn't happen. So I just feel that the FFA, in some ways, have gone against the grain and they haven't uh, imposed a point sanctions. Melbourne Victory should have been given a points deduction. There's no question about that. A fine is a fine, but they should have been given a points deduction. It happens in every other league around the world. In England, you've seen lower league disturbances and clubs have been uh, deducted points. Whether it's in Greece, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in France, whether it's in any other league, point deductions are the ones which are certainly strong from the governing body. So I think the FFA has erred there. This is what James Johnson had to say uh, at the press conference today when Football Australia handed down those sanctions. The incidents at the Melbourne Derby on December 17 uh, shocked Australian football. Uh, It shocked international football. It's something that uh, Football Australia is not proud about. Since these events occurred, Football Australia has worked uh, closely and collaboratively with the Victorian Police to identify and sanction individual perpetrators, which has resulted in Football Australia banning 17 individuals. And as part of those 17 individuals, three have received life bans. In parallel with the individual judicial processes, Football Australia also issued Melbourne Victory with a show cause notice on 19 December. The club responded to the show cause notice on 21 December and provided further information for Football Australia. After considering the club's response in the issued show cause notice and the measures since taken by the club, as well as the preliminary sanctions that were handed down by Football Australia on 23 December 2022, Football Australia has found that Melbourne Victory has brought the game into disrepute following the unacceptable actions of the club's active supporters during the match, the round eight match between Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory on Saturday 17th of December at Amy Park in Melbourne. We're also uh, very aware that this is not the first time that we have had an issue with Melbourne Victory. In 2016, we had uh, an invasion of the pitch. In 2022, we had the Cavallo incident. In 2022, we also had the 2021 Australia Cup because it was played in 2022 issue where fans also damaged LED and entered the pitch when they were um, um, celebrating a goal. Um, So this is really uh, an aggravation of those issues. And I wanted to make that point before we deliver. Um, As for the the sporting sanctions, uh, um, uh, deducting points was considered. um, And where we decided is we went back to what ultimately is important, and that's the integrity of our competitions. And we felt that if we were to uh, implement a point deduction now, it wasn't the most effective way of deterring um, the fans uh, that would attend future matches um, from stopping this kind of behaviour. Um, it is a significant sanction, although it is suspended. I want to run you through that. For the next three years post this year, if there is an incident by a spectator, if an incident occurs like we've seen um, several times in 2022 and also in 2016, if a spectator runs onto the pitch, if there's an assault, there will be an automatic 10-point deduction. 
Um, and if that were to occur, that will destroy Melbourne Victory's city. So the logic is to put um, the responsibility on the spectators to help us and to help the club um, self-regulate because should any of their colleagues do that, there are catastrophic damages for Melbourne Victory. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I, und- I respect James Johnson. He does a great job as a CEO of Football Australia. I've had some great chats with him on this program on Sports Day. But as I said, he didn't make this soulless decision. It would have been done by a panel. But let me throw you this before I introduce Anthony Radich, uh, the CEO of the Perth Glory, who's just joined me here uh, at the broadcast position. Melbourne Victory currently sit with Perth Glory on 10 points in 11th and 12th position. The victory just above the glory because of goal difference. They're only five points shy of getting in the top six. They get in the top six. They have a great run. And hypothetically, they get to the A-League grand final. What does, what does that paint a picture of? Okay, the, the, the financial sections are fine. But they get to an A-League grand final because they're only five points away from actually securing a spot in the top six at the moment. They win that, so they take on Melbourne City, the other club that was involved in the fracas, and they win the A-League Grand Final. So all of a sudden, it is a successful year. They needed to be cut from the competition this year. They needed to be smacked uh, very, very strongly by Football Australia on the wrists. Not give them the opportunity to resurrect their season. Uh, Anthony Radich now joins us here in the uh, broadcast position at Macedonia Park ahead of the big game tonight, Perth Glory against the Brisbane Roar. And we welcome people to come down. It's kickoff is 7.30. It's 10 past 5 now, so you've got plenty of time to get down there. It's cooled off a bit, and it's a great setup here at Macedonia Park. How are you going, Anthony? I'll well, just put you on there. Great to see you. Yeah, you too, Peter. Thanks for having me. Now... Uh, I, I want to talk to you about the the sanctions. Let's. It's. I know you're you're in a very difficult situation because you're CEO of one of the A League clubs. But uh, you know, just generally, your thoughts on it today? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I certainly listened um, intently to what you've just had to say there, and uh, very strong opinions. Um, look, it. I have to say, it probably was surprising. I think probably the uh, the majority of, of football fans and probably sporting fans alike probably did expect a, a points deductions type sanction. I think that was probably. Um, what was expected. Um, surprising that hasn't been um, forthcoming. But um, I think that um, what has been handed down has struck at the heart of the root cause. And the root cause here were a bunch of uh, a minority at the end of the day who really aren't football fans and who aren't Melbourne Victory fans. So I do, I do feel for Melbourne Victory in that regard because mm. I don't feel that, you know... Yes, the club has to take some responsibility. Uh, they are hosting these fans and, and, and the people that, that attend and the like, so they do have some responsibility for who, who actually walks in the door. Um, but at the end of the day, these people weren't there for Melbourne Victory. They weren't there for football. They were there to create problems, and um, I think they've been dealt with very strongly in terms of the life bans. I think there's been 17 life bans. Oh, sorry, one life ban, 17 bans issued yeah. from 10 to 20 years. So. Um, haven't messed around with those people and hopefully we don't see the likes of those people at our games ever again. Okay, saying that, you know, when I look at uh, Melbourne Victory, they are one of the big clubs uh, in the A-League. There's no question about that when mm. you look at their membership numbers yeah. and where they're at. Had this been Perth Glory, Newcastle Jets, Wellington Phoenix, maybe MacArthur, maybe Central Coast, I reckon it would have been looked at differently, Anthony, and I can honestly say that. I can honestly say that. Look what happened 
when the glory got hit with that salary cap breach. You were nowhere near the club then. Mm -hmm. Uh, But look at the ramifications that were placed on the Perth Perth glory then. I've got a feeling, and I'm not convinced. I I applaud the FFA with the 17 individuals and the three life bands. They've done an enormous job to highlight those individuals, and they've done an enormous job to look at exactly how much uh, financial hit they should uh, go for when it comes to Melbourne victory. But I, I still... Call it the pessimism in me, but I still feel, had it not been Melbourne victory and a lesser club, then it may have been a different scenario. Saying that, football needs to move on from this, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely does. Hopefully this uh, line in the sand and hopefully um, it's the last. It's like James said today, it's probably the the darkest day in the A-League era um, for this to occur. On top of, you know... um, what was swirling around at the time, it was just yeah, a really um, an ugly incident that really made everyone feel really sick in the stomach. I remember that night when that actually mm. happened. I think, you know, the commentary flying around, everyone felt ill. You know, it really did make, and especially coming off the back of such a, a great period that preceded that with the Socceroos in the World Cup. And, you know, um, you know, people had got behind the Socceroos and got behind football. So it felt like we were riding a little bit of a crest of a wave and then to you know, the next few weeks that to follow um, was really a fall from grace that we, the sport didn't need. OK, give us your thoughts on the temper of bedshed text machine. Love to hear from your thoughts. Am I a bit too strong or do you agree, disagree? 0487 736 736. 0487 736 736. I'd love to get your thoughts on the sanctions that were handed down today. Anthony, let's have a look at tonight. Uh, I... Recorded a chat with Ruben Zadkovic earlier today. Of course, he's got uh, his commitments uh, in the rooms leading up to this game that kicks off at 7.30 tonight. That was a good result the other night against the Western Sydney Wanderers. There was a lot of conjecture, a lot of sort of media speculation that everything wasn't right in the change rooms. We knew that was a fallacy because I thought the performance on Saturday night showed some real heart. Absolutely, it was um, you know to be honest, something was unexpected. Um, and but to, the way we played from right from the from the whistle to the end, with the intensity we played at, and I think we had uh, under ten under twenty threes out mm. there, Peter, um, and some phenomenal performance by some of the younger kids. And you know we had uh, Cameron Cook with his first appearance in goal. Um, they were second on the table, you know, uh, second for most goals scored, um, second best for goals conceded. Least goals conceded, sorry. So, um, you know, backs against the wall. And uh, we had a couple of big outs. You know, we had uh, Mark Beavers out, who's been our, probably our, our, our most outstanding performer this season, and Ryan Williams. So probably two of our best for the year out. So no one expected us to come through with that result. So it was policing to walk out of here and... Uh, on, on Saturday night with a smile on our faces and um, yeah, hopefully we can do it again tonight. So saying that, it's a big game tonight against Brisbane Raw who have yep. been miserly in conceding goals and they mm. haven't lost in eight. Yep. Uh, they're a good outfit and then you've got Sydney have seen a blockbuster game on Saturday night. Uh, you managed to record a couple more wins. All of a sudden, as I said with Melbourne victory, they're five points out of the top six. That's the same scenario for the glory. Could really kickstart kick your season. Really, really tight uh, ladder, like you said. And, um, yeah, a uh, win tonight does get us within touching distance of the six. Um, and we've got a good little run here. It's just um, the downside we've got is just they're so compressed, in, you know, within days of each other. So if we can hold up as a squad, uh, manage our recovery right, um, we could build some momentum here. And, um, you know, when we saw the fixtures and they were skewed the way they were, uh, we had hoped to have got a few more points on the road. That would have helped. But, yeah, it really is a, a game of fine margins. And, and the league, anyone can beat anyone. I think mm. probably Melbourne City's probably out there yeah. on their own a little bit. And Central Coast have been going really well mm. as well. So, mm. um, yeah, but for the rest, um, really tight. And um, it's exciting for fans. 
I've had the privilege uh, of doing the chairman's function for the Perth Glory again. So I've got to know that the new staff that you've brought on, I know one of your big jobs was to bring uh, staff to the football club. It seems to be going quite smoothly, Anthony. Even though you're here at Macedonia Park and you'd rather be at HBF Park, we understand that circumstances uh, prevail that you had to come here. But I, I got a feeling, and I, I did speak to one of the long-term employees of the Perth Glory, and you don't know what I'm about to say, but I asked him how's it going. And he's been under quite a few administrations. He reckons it's the best, the best administration he's worked under. So it's compliments to you and the people that, that you've got in the club. So you must feel comfortable that the club's in the right direction. Oh, thanks for the kind words, Peter. Yeah, um, you know, um, this what's 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 unfolded here at Macedonia Park and this venue situation was something we didn't foresee, you know. Uh, yeah. So that sort of has set us back a long way. Um, but and, but that aside, we've just tried to really really focus on the things we can control. Um, make like I said, um, getting getting a new administration together wasn't easy. We, we managed to get some good people together quickly, so that's been a blessing. Um, it makes all the difference, you know, having competent people who've worked in sport, understand sport, um, have have that work ethic, um, and they can see the vision. You know, our, our initial vision was we'd have four games displaced from HBF, and we're really focused on HBF Park for nine games from January. So you know, that was get the staff together know what we're doing, get our plan together and then really hit the ground hard from January onwards. But then we'd hit with, you know, another six games of displacement, which which was something we didn't see. But, um, yeah, um, like I said the other night here, um, so if we get a good result um, with the government and make sure that we're adequately compensated for our, you know, significant financial losses, we do have a good team here on field, um, which is taking some time to develop. But off field, um, a really good team. I'm really proud of what we've done and... Um, we just got to stay focused and just keep moving. Okay. And as I let you go, I mean, thank you very much for your time. What's your next priority? Okay. The games are here. What's the next objective for Anthony Radich and his team? Yeah, we want to we return to HBF Park on the 10th of March. So it's really important for the three games that we do have this year that, that, that they're good spectacles. Um, That's confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back 10th of March. Um, it's, it's it's a bit. It's still a little bit messy. We're back 10th of March and then back here, which is unfortunate because the pitch is getting relayed at HBF Park for the 1st of April. So, uh, but we'll finish our last two games at HBF. So the three games we're there, we've just really got to make a really good spectacle. We'll re-engage, you know, um, the people that haven't been coming, um, be it because of capacity or, you know, corporate partners alike because the amenities are not here. Make sure they have a really good time. Build a platform for our membership drive into next year. Um, and then the other big goal for this club is, is, is a home for the club. You know, that's, that's a, the longer-term vision. That's a project we're working on in the background to make sure we've got all our, all our teams, our men's, our women's, our academy teams, all housed in the one, one complex, um, a place where, where members and fans can come and, and meet and be a true club, you know. Um, you're enjoying the latest experience with the glory because you were here, of course, previously, but now as the CEO, you're enjoying the challenge? Yeah, I am, Peter. I am, you know... Um, I wasn't sure if I was, and then, you know, um, but, you know, when I, when I, when I reflect back, um, actually, when I reflect back at these games each each night at Macedonia Park, and you just, you see, you know, where we've come in five months, um, yeah, um, quite proud, and, um, yeah, but a hell of a lot of work to do, but, you know, glory and the sport itself um, really has huge untapped potential, and that's what drive myself and, and everyone else at the club. Good on you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Good Peter. On you. Good luck tonight. It. Cheers. Anthony Radich, the CEO of the Perth Glory, joining us here on Sports Day with Peter Vlaus. It's all thanks to Kia uh, and the Kia Sorento Large SUV. We're going to take a break. Uh, of course, the hot topic tonight, thanks to Repco. For expert car service, book in at your local Repco authorised service centre was a sanction handed down by Football Australia on Melbourne Victory. You heard about my thoughts on it. I just 
didn't think it was uh, hard enough. I think financially it was hard enough, but I still believe there should have been a points deduction. By the way, the world, uh, the Wildcats are in action tonight at 6.30 against the New Zealand Breakers. If you'd like to go, get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to tickertech.com.au now and pick up your tickets. And by the way, if you want to be kept uh, up, to, uh, in, up to date with the A-League, then download Keep Up. That's Keep Up UP, the home of everything A-Leagues, and watch the new docuseries A-Leagues All Access. So there you go. Uh, that's for your A-League update. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, we'll have a look at what's happening in the AFL today, cricket and tennis, and then Ruben Zatkovich, the coach of the Perth Glory, will give us an insight on what the starting 11 will be tonight for the match against the Brisbane Roar. 20 past five here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Twenty-five past five. Peter Vlahos broadcasting from the Toolkit Depot Studio at Macedonia Park uh, today. It is uh, where the Perth Glory will be taking on the Brisbane Raw kickoff at seven thirty tonight. Look forward to seeing you down here. Uh, you can comment on my hot topic tonight regarding the sanctions on the Melbourne victory. Whether you thought they were hard enough, reasonable, or maybe. The points deduction is the big issue. I think they should have been uh, doctored points uh, for what happened. It happens in every other league in the world when there are crowd disturbances. Um, that's on the temper of bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. And uh, you can give us a call too on the... Uh, phone line, 13 12 55. Of course, bedshed are experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products. Uh, in store or visit bedshed.com.au and Sports Day is brought to you by Kia and the seven-seat Kia Sorento Large SUV. Let's have a look at some other sport that has uh, transpired and we're all getting excited because, and I'll tell you, I'm a bit disappointed actually, but I'm looking forward to the Australian Open. The AO tournament gets underway on Monday at Melbourne Park. But what I really enjoy about the coverage is John McEnroe. And ESPN are not sending him to Melbourne this year. I reckon his on-court interviews with the uh, winning players after matches are brilliant. It's real theatre, there's comedy, and he understands a sport, and he calls a spade a spade. But for whatever reason, ESPN, who he works for, aren't sending him down to Australia, and I know that the host broadcaster, Tennis Australia, have utilised him on the Australian coverage as well. So it's disappointing after so many years that John McEnroe won't be coming down to Australia to be part of the Australian Open television coverage. Jim Curry, in fact, is already here. He's very good as well. I must admit, Jimmy Courier, the boy from Cincinnati, is also uh, an excellent commentator. Anyway, let's go back to the Australian Open, and there's been some conjecture in fact, the last two or three years it's popped up, whether the Australian Open should be played in January, straight after the holidays, uh, of course, Christmas, New Year, 
players having to come down, you know, around Christmas time out of Northern Hemisphere winters and whether it should be looked at in October or possibly pushing it back by month to February so the players can get maybe a bit fitter uh, particularly the ones in the Northern Hemisphere because of the winter lockdown. This is what Alex Demonor and the CEO of Tennis Australia, Craig Tiley, had to say about that. I mean, for me, I, I love starting my year here. Um, I think there's nothing better than, than the Aussie summer. You know, it's nice and hot. Uh, us Aussies at least, we, we thrive in the heat. I did read that. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was a bizarre claim. Um, I think you talk to every player. This is the season. It starts. Uh, it starts in January. Um, it starts here in Australia. So there you go. Uh, the comments made by Craig Tiley. In the end, uh, whether they make the final decision remains to be seen. But every year, it's now being brought up whether it should be uh, pushed back or brought forward or whatever to October of the following year. Because the way it goes is Australian Open January, and then we've got the French Open often in May, towards the end of May. Then Wimbledon is June, July normally. And then the US Open is around late August, September predominantly. So that's the way. And they thought, well, well, let's put the Australian Open in October. So it fills in the whole year rather than having it possibly at the start in January. But uh, a little bit of conjecture regarding that. In cricket, I'm looking forward to seeing the second part of the test, which is that uh, documentary, which uh, takes us inside the rooms. I thought the first part was really good. Justin Lang, of course, kicking the uh, rubbish bin and then having to pick up all the, the bits of paper and putting it back in the bin. Of course, when uh, Ben Stokes took him to task and even came from a mile back uh, to win that uh, last test in the Ashes series. Well, Mitch Marsh, Dave Warner, Ashton Agar, Nathan Lyon and Pat Cummins have all been uh, featured uh, in the test part two. And they've all talked about when Justin Langer was in charge... And there was a bit of noise coming out that the players were sort of treading on eggshells that he started to change his ways. This is what they had to say. JR was given feedback from the senior players in our group around certain things that they sort of wanted him to improve on, I guess, as a coach. People express passion in different ways. And for Justin, his was riding every ball. I've always said that you can never criticise anyone who's extremely passionate in what they do, and that's exactly what JL is. Did I struggle with some of the ups and downs? Yeah. So, probably the biggest feedback from myself is the, just the emotional levels from from JL. Some people felt like, you know, walking on eggshells. There's plenty of guys who don't speak up, who don't talk, and were afraid of JL. They were... And that's the truth. It sort of um, was at the point where JL realised he had to pull back massively, and he did that. He listened, like he did everything that was asked him as a playing group. The players wanted to create the own environment, and yeah, it's us taking responsibility. You know, a common theme was own your space. Uh, interesting, isn't it? A uh, yeah. Smorgasbord of various players from the Australian cricket team. Usman Kawaja was interesting, saying that he really was scared to actually approach JL. It was like one of those nasty school teachers when you're a little pupil, maybe in primary school, and you're fearful of the school teacher and uh, prepared to ask he or her a question. Uh, it was a bit like that. Interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it, uh, the test part two. All right, we're going to take a break here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. And it's, as I said, all brought to you thanks to Kia and uh, the large. 
uh, SUV Sorrento that is out there at the moment. It's a great vehicle. Uh, Kia, of course, sponsors of the Sports Day program here Monday to Thursday at 5 o'clock here on SEN. Today we're going on SEN 657. It's great to have your company. Ruben Zadkovic, the coach of the Perth Glory, will join us on the other side of this break to give us a bit of a hint on what sort of team is likely to front up against the Brisbane Roar. Will Mark Beavers, will Ryan Williams be back after missing the game against the Western Sydney Wanderers on Saturday? That's all up next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. You're listening to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos and we're broadcasting live from Macedonia Park ahead of the big one tonight. It is a big one for the Perth Glory. They take on the Brisbane Raw kickoff is at 7.30 tonight. So if you're contemplating on what is a fairly warm Tuesday night in Perth, head down to Macedonia Park here in Stirling and see the Perth Glory and see if they can make it back-to-back wins after that terrific performance against the highly rated Western Sydney Wanderers on Saturday night. Joining us is their coach, uh, Ruben Zatkovich, before he locks himself uh, up in the Perth Glory rooms and gets the troops ready for an important game. Ruben, thanks for your time. No worries, mate. No worries. My pleasure. It'd be an absolute thrill to make it back-to-back wins. Three wins, one draw, and six losses at the moment. You're on 10 points with the Melbourne victory. But I'm looking at the A-League table. It is so congested. Yes, it is, mate. Very congested. I think it, you know, it just shows how close, um, you know, the margins are. And there's been, you know, some games where we've we've played quite well and had a decent performance and not quite gotten... um, you know, what we deserve out of the game. So, look, we're excited to be back here again um, in front of our home fans and members and we want to put in another good performance and, and really chase hard for those three points. I saw a promotional video on the A-League's Twitter page earlier today and it featured yourself uh, ahead of the game tonight against the Brisbane Roar and showed your passion and your determination as the coach and you're addressing the players and one quote that I got from it saying is that the hardships are the best times. What did you mean by that? Yeah, look, I just, I'm I'm a firm believer that, you know, the difficult times that you face, you know, not just in football, but in life, you know, they're, they're big opportunities for learning and for growth. And so, you know, I've always made a real conscious effort to embrace, you know, those hardships when they do come. And uh, at this club, we've certainly had many obstacles in front of us. And, you know, I'm really proud of the way um, this group at the moment is working hard together um, and embracing those hardships, and I feel like that's a great opportunity for us to grow and develop and improve. So, look, we're in that we're in that rebuilding phase, and it's all about that improvement mindset and having a real, you know, drive and focus to push the club back to where it um, needs to be. So, yeah, that's what I meant by that. You know, it's it's important that we embrace the challenges and um, and just keep working really hard and stick to a to a really clear process. And also in that video, and I watched it with intent. It was actually a nice little package to promote the game tonight. Uh, you addressed the players after that win against the Western Sydney Wanderers and you said to them, just stay humble and professional. I gather you just don't want them to get carried away with that result on Saturday. 
Correct. Look, I'm, I'm, it's something I'm very big on, you know. Um, in this game, you have to stay very grounded and uh, it's easy to get carried away, you know, in moments. But um, for us right now, you know, we're, we're still down the bottom and we want to be higher than where we are and we need to... We know that there's, it's going to take a little bit of time for us to get back to where we need to get to, but, you know, we need to push hard and we need to stay really focused. So, you know, my message to the players is always just, you know, well done on, on the performance if we do get the points, but, you know, let's let's move on to the next one really quick and make sure that we stay very grounded and, and continue to work hard and, and that process will serve us well over, over a longer period. I know your captain had an interrupted pre-season and start to the season, but was it Mustafa Amini's best game on Saturday night for you? Uh, I think he played really well away to Newcastle early on in the year. Obviously, um, you know, when you watch it on TV, it doesn't always come through what we see down at ground level. But, you know, I think he's put in some really good performances, um, if I'm honest, in the games that he's played. He's always pretty solid. Um, I'd say the other night, you know, he was pretty exceptional. And, um yeah, he's a you know he's a massive asset for us. He's a massive asset for this club, and he's someone that's still coming back from you know a couple of difficult seasons. So you know there's more improvement in here, in him, and I feel like his best you know his best games are still ahead of him, which is a big positive. Obviously, the four day turnaround is the only the only hiccup for you know for players like him that are putting in a massive effort, and then it's such a, a quick turnaround to try and you know replicate that effort. So we just have to be careful of his loads. So saying that, you've got three games in eight days because you've got Sydney FC again at home on Saturday night. I gather a bit of a rotational policy to make sure that the players stay fresh during this very hectic week. Yeah, look, we made five changes the other night um, from our away performance to Adelaide and, um, you know, that reaped some rewards in terms of there was a real energy and intensity to the, to, to the way we went about it. So... Look, um, there's a couple of guys that have pulled up sore from that game, and we've got a we've picked up a few injuries as well. So, look, it's uh, it's going to take a, a big effort from the whole squad, and there'll be um, there'll be more changes again. Saying that, I tell you who I've really got excited about watching: Salim Kalefi, the Tunisian. I know he was forced off with a groin injury just before half time in that win over the Wanderers. I gather he won't play tonight. No, nah, look, Salim's out unfortunately, and uh, he's picked up a groin injury. Um, the 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 positive is it's not too bad, and um, you know he's a fantastic fantastic player, fantastic professional, fantastic pickup for this club, um, and we've secured his services now for the next couple of seasons. So in that regard, you know the club's in a really good space, and hopefully his injury is not too not too serious, and then he'll be um he'll be back on deck with us, you know, very soon. He's one player that you'll cross over uh, the road to see. He's so exciting. His uh, close ball control is incredible. Yeah, correct. Look, he comes, you know, with a high pedigree in terms of he's played in in some big leagues, the Bundesliga, and um, you know, some top league, top league in Germany, top league in Switzerland. And he was a, you know, he comes from a, a Premiership winning team there where they won the league. So, look, he he had a couple of years out of the game with um, you know, just various niggles and injuries and. Uh, but he's generally he's generally a very fit type of person and player. Like his fitness levels are very high. So, again, he, he probably suffered a little bit from that quick four day turnaround with travel. Um, but mate, exceptional player, exceptional talent, and um, you know we're very very happy to have him at our, at our club during this time. Ryan Williams and Mark Beavers didn't play on Saturday night. Will they play this evening? Um, look, they're uh, they're in doubt. Obviously. Um, you know, they both had, you know, their individual niggles that they picked up in the Adelaide game. Um, they're, they're actually in a, you know, doing some fitness testing and some um, a little injury clinic this morning. So, look, we'll see how they get through that test. 
and um, they may play some part. But, um, yeah, we just have to wait and see. And they were the players that were in the so-called build-up to the game on the other night, reportedly uh, stood down for disciplinary reasons. Were you just amazed the way the media worked leading up to that game on Saturday against the Western Sydney Wanderers, suggesting there may have been more to it? Oh, it's hilarious. It's actually funny, you know, like... um first I heard of it was getting asked a question after the game and like you don't even know how to respond because it's just so farcical and something that's so random and out of the blue so look we had a good chuckle about it uh, in the dressing room me and me and Ryan and, and Beeves and we're having a good laugh about it at training as well and um, I just think it just goes to show you know a testament for the times that we live in where you know a random person can write a random comment on social media and somehow you know, real-life journalists pick it up and run with it. So it's just uh, it's important that we, you know, ignore the outside noise and distractions. And like I said, that's, you know, again, my message is pretty clear. Stay humble and professional and stay very focused on what we are doing inside our four walls. And that's working really, really hard to try and improve and, and working really hard to grow as a group and working really hard to get this club, you know, off the bottom and, and higher up the ladder. And uh, that process is underway uh, and still a lot of hard work to, to, to go and, you know, guys like Ryan Williams and Mark Beavers, I'm extremely close to and like I am with all my players. And, um, you know, there's a real togetherness in this group and that's important that we stick um, stick very close in these times. Ruben, a couple of final questions on the opposition before I let you go and get ready for the match tonight. Brisbane have arrived in Perth off a similar three-day break, but they've been pretty good this season, a very good defensive record. You've got to find a way to break them down tonight. Yes, we do. You know, they're um, they're a... Uh... They're a top team, um, undefeated in eight games. They've had four away games for two wins and uh, and um, and two draws. And so, look, they're not an easy team at all to play. Uh, very difficult to break down. And, um, you know, their tails are up at the moment. So, look, I expect a very stiff test uh, for my boys uh, in this game. Um, but it's one that we want to embrace and we're, we really, really want to you know, put in a good performance and, you know, we're striving for back-to-back wins. So, look, we're making the focus about us. We know that they're a quality side. We know that they're very hard to break down, but, you know, we believe in our processes and we're going to stick very true to that. And finally, have you set yourself a benchmark for the three home games this week at Macedonia Park? You've already got three points in the bag. I gather you'd like uh, to get a few more against Brisbane and Sydney. What is an acceptable benchmark for you? Oh, are you going to say we're going all out for nine for the week? Oh look, I don't. I don't really like to set too many goals too far, you know, beyond what what's right in front of us. And what's right in front of us now is quick turnarounds and games back to back. And um, you know, we have to just take each game on its merits. And you know, they're all worth the old adage that they're all worth three points has never been more true. So, look, we did well the other night. We move on quickly, dismiss that, and we focus on, you know, solely on Brisbane. And, and we always push at home to get the maximum. And uh, you know, like we do in every game, to be honest. And um, look, we want to make. We want to make our home a fortress and we really want to, you know, we know that the fans and members have suffered a little bit in this difficult period that the clubs had to face. And, um, you know, we're, we're very aware of that in-house and we really want to you know, make sure that the fans and members, when they do come to these games, feel represented properly. And that the only way we can do that is to is to get on the front foot and, and try and play a good brand of football and be really positive and get them engaged. And so I think at home so far we've done that. Um, we're going to stay very, very true to that process and, you know, like I say, we'll push hard to get get the win tonight, and uh, but it won't be an easy task, that's for sure. Good on you, Ruben. We'll see you at the ground shortly. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Peter. Cheers, mate.
Ruben Zadkovic joining us there, the coach of the Perth Glory. He's literally only a couple of minutes away. Got him on the phone in his car, driving down here to Macedonia Park before, of course, he locks himself away with his match committee and they finalise the team to take on the Brisbane Raw tonight. Kick-off at 7.30 and, as I mentioned, they've got another game Saturday night against the Sydney FC, also 7.30. It's a case of keeping the players fresh and no doubt rotating through this period of uh, three games uh, in a week. Apologies there. They're also conducting a bit of the fire alarm uh, testing here at Macedonia Park, as you heard it coming over the speakers and the radio. We're going to take a break. Uh, live from Macedonia Park is Sports Day. Thanks to Kia, uh, our proud sponsors. We'll come back with more on the program after these messages. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Yes, ahead of the big match tonight between the Perth Glory and also Brisbane Royal Peter Vlahos here live at Macedonia Park. Let's just update some sports headlines. All thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. Uh, we can uh, see that all the AFL clubs have got back into training uh, after the festive season, that is uh, Christmas and bringing the new year in. Basically, they all started uh, yesterday and so did the Melbourne Football Club. And one of their new players is really starting to gear up for what promises to be a big season for that individual, a star at Collingwood, now at Melbourne, talking about Brody Grundy and he spoke about life at Melbourne and naturally his partner in crime, Big Maxie Gorn. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been really exciting. I've really enjoyed... Um, my first sort of couple months at the club, I've really, I feel like I've settled in quite well to the culture and already understanding what it means to be a Melbourne player. So um, the fans, as you can see, the fans are already out. And it's great to rub shoulders with them and, and meet some of the, the members and supporters and most importantly, continuing to understand how my teammates play and, and what role I can uh, best serve in the team. It's been spoken about a lot, the new relationship between you and Gorney. How is that developing? It's a bit of a bromance developing. Um, as you can see, I don't know if you've got any cutaways for this interview. Hopefully cute cutaways. Um, it's been really good. Obviously, we've competed against each other for a long time and um, we still like, we still pinch ourselves. I, I sort of said to him pre-Christmas, uh, we're doing some ruck work and I was like, man, like it still feels pretty weird that we're, we're in the same team and then uh, a week later, I was we were, I was in the gym and he came up to me and he was like, I can't believe like we're in the same team. So, uh, yeah, we're very competitive, but it still feels a little bit surreal. Um, but, um, yeah, we've both been like really supportive of one another and I'm already learning heaps off Max, like what he brings as a player. Obviously, his aerial marking is something that I look to uh, wanting to develop and improve and I think he's sort of the best there is in the game in terms of contested marking. So... Very lucky that I get to compete with him and um, hopefully I can uh, help him develop his game as well. 
And the Big Bash currently underway. Adelaide Strikers are taking on the Melbourne Renegades and the Strikers are 3 for 160 off 16.3 overs. The Perth Scorchers, as we know, play tomorrow night against the Brisbane Heat. Interesting to see that the Test players joining the BBL. Sydney Thunder, Dave Warner, Steve Smith and Nathan Lyon at the Sixers. Travis headed Alex Carey at the Strikers. Brisbane Heat tomorrow night. Welcome back. Kawaja, Labashane and Renshaw and Ashton Agar is back for the Perth Scorchers. But a few have left. The Thunder have lost Hales and Rousseau. The Sixers have lost Vince, Jordan and Naveen. The Strikers, Lynn and Rashid Khan. The Brisbane Heat have lost Sam Billings, Colin Munro. Scorchers, as we know, Faf Duplessis and Adam Lythe. Uh, Melbourne Stars, Trent Bolt. Melbourne Renegades, uh, Raham and Hussain. And the Hurricanes, Nisham and Khan. And just finally, we'll just bring you up to date with the weather. It's going to be cloud clearing uh, tomorrow. Yes, cloud clearing. Uh, we're dropping to a low tonight of 17, up to 27 tomorrow. And it's all thanks to New Farm, Australian through and through. And the outlook, as I said, for Wednesday, that cloud will clear. New Farm's products are forwarded or formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. That's New Farm. See you tomorrow at 5.